The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. P Nate, I was pointing at myself for that, but you're P Nate, Elder P, AJ the Apprentice, Garage Mahal. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing I, great. It's nice to be back. We we're cutting the intro shorter and shorter each time. Eventually that's, we're just gonna be like thing. rebels go. Yeah. Like, I, I hear from some people, like I think it's the people who really like hanging out with us who are always like, Oh, I just love that you guys just chat and, and everything. And then from some people, namely my wife, your wife too, actually, who just don't like the long intros, like, just get to it. Just get to it. Stop talking about nicknames and what's going on i feel like you're getting trouble for that i got into a little trouble i think it was a few episodes ago where i mentioned my desire for a smoker and my wife wouldn't let me get one and i was like oh she doesn't listen she she definitely went and she's like i'm gonna start listening uh well wrong episode yeah so you talk about me every week (laughs) so update on the smoker i still do not have a smoker (laughs) that's hilarious And it might be about a month longer before yeah. I get away. It will not be this Father's Day. No, if Jordan grows the rat's tail or the apprentice <laughs> yeah, thing, right. yeah, what right. we get him a smoker? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're, now we're getting interesting. Yeah. So here, here's the deal, Mel. So Jordan doesn't have to grow the Jedi apprentice tail if he can get a smoker. There's the deal. So let, See, let that's know. the Jedi mind tricks I need to learn right there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what this is all about. That's right. That's the real apprenticeship. So we actually have just um, we as as we often do on the on the drive over to Garage Mahal, we ask ourselves if we have anything worthwhile to talk about. I know there are other uh, other podcasts out there that are far more polished and prepared, and they're probably far more informative. But you can rest assured, dear listeners, that uh, you are getting something that has not been thought through for longer than five or six minutes on the car ride over to Garage Mahal. But we did think it would be kind of a cool idea. We were just thinking like in the wake of our Paradigm Shift series, which seemed to get a lot of traction, a lot of feedback, a lot of people really enjoyed it. What on earth could we talk about next? And we wanted to do something just really kind of practical. So we kind of wanted to do a Q&A episode coming up because we used to do those often. But we, you got to think about that for longer than five minutes on the drive over. So what we thought would be really practical and helpful is what we did have was a lot of people who asked us about some of those Paradigm Shifts asked us, where can I dig into that particular thing more? What book would you recommend in terms of eschatology? What book would you recommend in terms of patriarchy? What book would you recommend in terms of kingdom theology and such? So we just thought a really practical episode would just talk about resources. And we'll obviously talk about books a lot because we're all uh, readers. 
And I would also just say for those of you who listen and, and get inspired when we talk about leading in your home and leading in your church and leading in the culture, one thing that always stuck with me that I heard at a very young age is, is leaders are readers. And, and that sounds cheesy and corny, but it's absolutely true. I think I don't think I would look at somebody to be, whether it's a, a pastor, an elder, uh, whatever, I, I wouldn't look to somebody who, who was not a disciplined reader. I think it's just a necessary part. And, and, and I've heard people say, oh, I'm just not a reader. I'm just not a strong reader. Yeah, fair enough, but God revealed himself through the written word, which means that uh, we are to cultivate an ability to read, an ability to read discerningly, an ability to get things out of our own study and our own reading. So we're going to kind of unapologetically tell you to read a bunch of books, but we'll talk about other resources and stuff in, in terms of podcasts as well. So why don't I start, because I kind of want to go through the Paradigm Shifts series and just kind of talk about what books you might recommend for each topic. But before I even do that, I'm just going to kind of broadly give each of you guys an opportunity to brag about how many books oh, you read because you guys both read lots of books. I already um, did this on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Maybe don't make it so cringe or not. <laughs> just talk about maybe a couple of them. The, as you think back to 2022, what were a few like foundational or formative books? Like what were some of the highlights of the books that you read? There's lots. So can I just do a little aside here? What you said is actually super good because like, I don't think a lot of people realize like five years ago, I, I didn't read it all. When I said, I mean, like I read whatever, like you read fiction, 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 fiction stuff, mostly, but I mean yeah. like reading Christian books was something that like is a developed skill, right? Like I would, right. and so it's like, it's, if a sword needs a whetstone to be sharp, your mind needs books to stay sharp. Right. So I stole that from somewhere. I think it's a quote that's Pro- probably from a book you read. Probably. <laughs> the idea is like, this is something that's been cultivated because like, I remember you and Jude, Jude St. John, who's a, a pastor in, in town who you kind of grew up with. I remember you guys doing like talking about like, oh, we re- I read 55 books or whatever this year. And I remember yep. thinking like, I read 10. Like, and I remember <laughs> being like, that's embarrassing. This is something I've improved. And so like, I would just say in terms of like anybody who's saying like, oh, I don't have time to read. It's like, you have time to do it. You just don't realize how like, right. there's tons of little tricks to doing it you can cultivate the skill to make yourself a better reader and to be able to read more and all that, all that stuff. Yep. Um, so I would just add that. And it's funny when you said about cringeworthy about like, don't do it as cringe. <laughs> Dave looked over at us and was just like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> but I will say, so like, because I do think you, you, you posted that very intentionally. It wasn't a bragging moment, but like how many books did you read last year? 77. Yeah. So that's a ton of books. So like, and just for context here, Jude and I always used to compete and like, um, you know, so we would, our goal was always to read 50 books and a lot of those books would overlap. We would challenge each other. We'd pick up books for one another and all that kind of stuff. But when we were doing that and our goal was 50 books, that was at a time when you weren't reading really anything except like Star Wars fan fiction and stuff like that. So for you hearing that as a guy who didn't, wasn't reading any Christian books to now be reading over 70 and beating me in terms of the amount of books that you're reading in a year. I just say that to, to kind of say, like, it just shows that this is a cultivated skill. It's not like Chris came out of the womb with a book in his hand. Like, that's something that he's learned. And I think that one of the paradoxes of the Christian life is you have to experience it in, in order to enjoy it. And I think that because Christians with regenerate hearts are made to be transformed through the renewal of their mind, that once you train your mind to do this, it's not always a tedious discipline. It actually becomes what you look forward to the most. Absolutely. So so you want to go through the paradigm shifts? No, I, first I want you guys to answer the question. Like what were your kind of most oh. formative books or favorite books that you read this year? So I guess an interesting thing, similar unrelated to that, what are the types of books that you enjoy reading? Theological, fiction, like what are the... Because yeah, yeah. I, I find... I, I read a various, like a quite eclectic variety of types of books, but like for Chris, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, I do too. So like 
just anybody listening, like every book I read wasn't a Christian book last year. Like I read secular books. I read 1984. I read uh, Animal Farm. I read the Congo. But the difference is like the thing that happens now when I read a, a secular book is I play spot the lie. Yeah. I learn things about the world and I learn a lot of like, like 1984 was one of the best books for me to read last year. Cause one, I had read it years in advance, but I had also forgotten all the like truisms of like, like, exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, these all fit. And then the other one was like a like secular book. I would say Lord of the Flies was like, I read that when I was in school. I read it again. It's just about the depravity of how soon as you take organized structure, so basically take God's grace and God's law out of the world, what happens? And what you see is you see survival of the fittest immediately becomes a thing. Yeah. And I don't like you because you're different because like Piggy gets picked on because he's fat. He is annoying, but like he's fat, <laughs> but he becomes basically you need, he needs to be the slave to right. like to survive. And it's like right away, toxic masculinity goes because God isn't checking the masculinity. Right. And like what we have is we have the depravity of man on, on display. So I would say like, I think it's good to read a, an eclectic variety of books. I think it's helpful. I think you still have to play spot to lie with them. But like in terms of like some of the best books I read last year, I kind of go like, we'll talk about something and then I'll read like five books on that thing. Usually I just realize, oh, I don't know that as well as I should. So therefore, and then my good friend, Barry, when he became a Christian, was like late in his life, like almost 50. And the gentleman who led him to the Lord said, like Barry's next question is like, what do I do now? And the guy's response is like, read a lot of books, read a lot of books about God, read books that make you love God more, basically. And so yep. that's kind of the focus, right? Yep. My favorite book of last year was The Spine of Scripture. Again, because we started to talk about biblical cosmology. You got super pumped about it. And then all of a sudden... Immediately, I think you bought everybody the book, which was yeah, like kind of fun. And then we had like a couple like guys nights where we got together, smoked cigars. Hopefully that doesn't make anybody's opinion of, of us drop. Nope. But then we talked about the book. And like one of the things that I think people just need to get better at is like getting excited to, to share your books yeah. with people. Like we do this with TV. Be like, oh, did you see that episode? Did you watch yeah. The Office last yeah, night? Did you come over and watch the game? Yeah. But we never do the thing with books because reading becomes a very individual thing. And I think we just got to get better at as communal readers or even just like I read this in scripture this morning. And so I just think one, we got to get better, but like the spine of scripture was the highlight, the highlight book of the uh, book of the year. And I read like a lot of books I loved, um, but none that stuck with me the same as that one. It probably was about 60 pages in and I didn't even think I liked it. I don't understand what it sees. And yeah. then all of a sudden like the light bulb, like yeah. the arguments kind of changed. And I was like, Oh man, so that book was like probably number one. I really liked It's Good to Be a Man yeah, um, last year. Yep. So I'm a rereader. So sometimes I reread books that I've read previously as well. And so I reread Desiring God last year. It's been seven years since I've read Desiring God by yep. Piper. And the last time I read it, it probably took me seven months to read it. This time I was able to read it much more concise. Um, and what was funny is like joy is something that I, I would say I struggle in. Like I'm default, not like joyous. That's something I work towards, not like my default position. And it's funny, like Desiring God is like almost like a refreshing book to go and just be like, I need just to enjoy God more. This time I read it through, I was like, oh my, my word. Like I can understand why so many people that book is so good right. for. So those would be my, probably my top three, but like I even feel bad saying that because I'm like, oh, there was. There's so many other ones you like. There was other ones. All right. What about you, Jordan? All right. So as I said, I, I, I read a lot of different things, obviously theology stuff, but I also really enjoy history. The one that kind of stands in my mind, just as I say history was, and this was just pure enjoyment. It was one on pirate hunters and it was just 
about these guys looking for this lost treasure, and it was incredible. <laughs> and it was just one of those books that I just it was, I, I did, did, did the audio book. you want to be a pirate. Yeah, well, maybe a little <laughs> bit. Anyway, and, and I say that one kind of first because I think in uh, there was a guy who I was I discipled, and he's now a good friend of mine, but he was similar that he just hated reading, never mm-hmm. did it. I just said, well, find something you enjoy and just read it to cultivate the enjoyment of reading. Yep. And that's why I, th- I think even just maybe as like a practical tip for those who don't like reading, it read books that you enjoy. And, yep. and I think that can just be a helpful thing. And then that gets you in the habit and practice of doing it. Um, but the first book that I read last year, and, and it has a bit of a sentimental um, uh, component to it, was I read Little Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. And it was the first mm-hmm. chapter book that I read with my oldest daughter. That's awesome. So it was the first time where I could get her to sit down and we'd read and she would just be content in uh, listening to me read. Now she just, she'll spend like five hours a day listening to audiobooks. That's like awesome. she's yeah. ferocious. How many books did you get through last year? I got through 40. 40? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just he just, he just, just wanted 40. to give you that. So the, now, no, no, no. So I'm the difference between somebody with kids and somebody without kids is 37 books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so that was a really, I'd say special, and it blew my mind. I'm not a crier, and at the end of that book, I cried. Pilgrim Trials. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, uh, it was awesome. Um, Eschatology of Victory, that was probably my biggest paradigm shift. And then coupled yeah. with that was Mission of God, which very much is kind of touching on the same thing. You had yep. a great year. Oh, yeah, man. Great and I, year. Like, I got, uh, yeah, that was fantastic. And actually, one that was really helpful, a Christian book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Don Whitney. Okay. That was really helpful for both my wife and I, because he brought up a lot of things that I think a lot of Christians don't think about things like meditation and time and all these like things that we kind of take for granted. And we just found it really helpful to be reminded of the importance of those things and yep. kind of how to cultivate those. So we just thought that was really good. But then, I mean, Chris already mentioned it's good to be a man. The Household and the War for the Cosmos. Yeah, like my number one book of 2021. Yeah, I, think, I just... 2020, whenever. C.R. Wiley is just amazing. Yeah. And I just love him generally, yeah. um, his preaching, his teaching, his... Podcast. He's, yeah, yeah, he's just great. It's funny you said that because I, I literally just looked... I went to my like list of books I read last year and I was like, I forgot Bombadil. And I was like, that's probably my favorite book from last year. Yeah. I was just like... And I'm just like, I feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah. No Mere Mortals. Toby Sumter yeah, great has, has actually become my ma- re- recommended marriage book. Okay. Uh, it previously okay. was This Momentary Marriage, John Piper. Yep. Still love it. No Mere Mortals has actually taken the crown there. I love the fact that right now this is the only time we've ever been on a podcast where we're all just at, like writing things down. So I'm like, no more, more Mere Mortals. I can't say the no Mere Mortals. Or is on my list for this year. But I can see we're, like, we're, we're all writing down books that we like. Yeah, well, yeah. I haven't read that, so I'm writing yeah. it down. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm reading through the Ransom trilogy, C.S. Lewis right now. Yep, it's awesome yep. if you just want a good piece of Christian fiction. And then even just for like the parents out there, the series that I'm reading right now with my oldest daughter and actually all of our kids, the Wing Feather Saga. Yeah, and I think you are with your kids yeah. as well. We're about and three quarters of the way through. The I, first I read it myself last year, and I just loved it. I just thought it was great. Like it's not overtly Christian. Yeah, but there's those things in there. For I mean, sure. there's the maker and all that. But I just think if you're wanting to cultivate reading with your kids, and it's good, it's clean, it's excellent, like yep. well written. The guy's a great author. That was also good. So we're on the second book of that right now. But yeah, so, awesome. Can I throw out some more that are good to read? Sure. Yeah. Gash Musayeth it was awesome last year. Yeah. That was the shortest book I read last year, but it was like yeah, amazing. Um, Christian community. Can I, can I also point out like I love a book that's between 100 and 200 pages. Because it gets your um, book total up. I know why. <laughs> no, not even because <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> uh, it is true. But I mean, like, no, because it's like I love when a book gets to the point. 
You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, here, here's yeah. what you need. No, and true. I'm not going to add any, anything else to it. Um, and I think like there's some books that are a lot longer than they need to be. When the man comes around, I realized I just apparently read all Doug Wilson, but like when the man comes around was yeah. amazing. That was really like good. I read that last year. Yeah. Have you ever read tactics by yeah. Greg Kokel? Greg Kokel. Yeah. I didn't love the whole book, but the, that first section about like, cause I, we do the out on the streets evangelism. Yeah. It's not something I'm like super experienced in. So like, when I read tactics, just the, the, like the whole Columbo, Columbo tactic, tactic thing, is just, I was just, yeah. like, I use it in every meeting I'm in now on. Cause it, one, it gives you a chance to think about what you're going to say. It's like, what do you mean by that or whatever? Yep. Um, but it's just like, it's also like, it helps in so many situations. So very practically it awesome, very awesome practical. book. Yep. The audio book of it is great. How many books did you read last year? I read 38 books. Now, when I say I read 38 books, I have to qualify that I did reread Calvin's Institutes last year. So that's like... So you read 75. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to count that as a lot. Um, yeah. So that was sort of the big project that I did. And then I did actually, there's a couple of them that I did keep on my my sort of list as I tally them, but probably my favorite book that I read with the kids, but these ones aren't on my list. So I don't know what I'd actually read if I if I included the ones that I read to my kids. But like... Um, we did Little Pilgrim's Progress as well, and that was the first one that all three of them really loved and really got into. I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to Quinn, mm-hmm. who's our, our oldest, and she loved it. And and actually rereading that was it just once again makes you appreciate Lewis because mm-hmm. he's, he's a phenomenal writer. But there are little things that you pick out in it, like given the other paradigm shifts in my theology where when the four kids, when Peter and Susan and Edmund and Lucy are ruling in Narnia in the last chapter, sort of a summary of their rule, and then they find their way back to the world of humans, it says, you know, that the kids reigned and instituted just laws that allowed the citizens of Narnia to live and let live. And that was just something that, like, stuck out to me where I'm just like, oh, man, like, in a world where, we, obviously, we were all kind of run down by, by uh, restrictions and mandates what godly rule looked like in C.S. Lewis's mind was um, laws that allowed people to live and let live. In other words, like rulers who left their citizens alone to live and, and to forge their own way and stuff. We also read The Princess and the Goblin with the kids, which was awesome. So uh, my oldest loved it. Uh, Judah is five. It, you know, he, I don't know how much he, there was some of it he didn't follow. I think that was written in like 1860 something, right? It was written by George MacDonald who C.S. Lewis credits as as the the fiction author who he most tried to emulate. Really good book. I would say, like you uh, you mentioned it after the fact, Chris, but uh, In the House of Tom Bombadil by C.R. Wiley was probably my favorite book other than The Spine of Scripture, because like you, like that's the one that I bought for everybody and said everybody has to read it because all I want to do is talk about it. Um, but In the House of Bomb- Tom Bombadil, I think, was was incredibly enjoyable, both for like the nerdy side of me that loves Lord of the Rings and the side that's like theological. And, and I think there's a lot of practical things in there. Another thing, just because of uh, our church kind of getting this influx of people who are following the, the covenant theology train, I read a couple of great books that I would actually recommend people read together. One of them is Baptism is Not Enough um, by John Crawford, which I think is probably the best book I've ever read that uh, explains the paedo-baptist view. And then I would say, read along with it, The Distinctiveness of Baptist Covenant Theology by Pascal Deneau. And I think those two books, if you read them in tandem, I think are probably, I could even reduce and just say, if you want to figure out where you are, because I think a lot of guys in our in our boat, right, in our framework of uh, reformed, covenantal, theonomic, post-millennial, this is the one issue where you get divided down the middle. This is where Joe Boot and Doug Wilson disagree. This is where Toby Sumter and Jeff Durbin disagree, right? 
on mode of baptism. I would actually reduce it and say those are the, the two books that you only have to read those two books because I think they so succinctly describe the, the views and they work really well together. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed my time in both of those books. I just kind of wanted to go through the paradigm shifts and just... So our first paradigm shift episode was about post-millennial eschatology. So Jordan already mentioned it, but I, I would say the book that I put in people's hands and uh, I put it in Jordan's hands is uh, An Eschatology of Victory by Marcellus Kick. I think it's the best book on on uh, post-millennial eschatology there is. If anybody is listening to us who wants to delve into post-millennialism, I'd say start there. Anything else that you would recommend in terms of like just groundbreaking books? I mean, you mentioned When the Man Comes Around, which is Doug Wilson's uh, sort of book on Revelation, which helps people understand Revelation in light of a post-millennial eschatology. But I think Marcellus kick kind of fleshes out the entirety of the position better. That's my number one book for that. I The other one that I, I recommend to people, just because it's it's also really short and punchy and good as well, is God's Plan for Victory by Rush Dooney yeah. is really good. Yep. It's like 130 or so pages, and it's just it just lays out the post-millennial case from Scripture, I think, really well. Yep. Those would be the the main, like... The main ones two. I'd throw in people's hands. Yep. Like Another one is uh, "Postmillennialism Made Easy" by Ken Gentry. Right. That's also another one that I actually haven't read that yeah. one, but I've heard. I, from I, I haven't read it either, but to other people I've spoken to, they said they <laughs> read it the and one. it was very yeah. helpful. Uh, okay. I've read his one on God's Law Made Easy, so it's from a whole series. Yep. On these things, he has predestination made easy. Yep. He shall have <clears> dominion <throat> by Kenneth Gentry is sort of mm-hmm. one of the I tackled that one a couple years ago, and it's like. I want to say it's an 800-page book or something. Like, it was that was a slug. But if you want, like, the thorough, what does a post-millennialism think of this verse? Like, the whole thing is written like a, a post-millennial textbook mm-hmm. where you can go through and say, you know, because you, you guys all know this, too. It's like, well, what did Jesus mean when he said, you know, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Like, how does that verse fit into post-millennialism? And so that's a great resource book for that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, Marcellus Kick, An Eschatology of Victory, God's Plan for Victory by uh, R.J. Rushdoony and uh, Postmillennialism Made Easy by Kenneth Gentry would be the ones that we recommend. In terms of patriarchy, and we kind of split this up within the church and within, but I would say we all we all mentioned It's Good to Be a Man by Michael Foster and uh, Dominic Nontenant. They co-authored that book. I think that's a great book. It's interesting. I, it's, it's written for men, but actually my wife, because I read her an awful lot of that book where I'm just like, hey, I, I want to, like, I do this all the time, right? You get excited about something you read and you read it out loud to your wife. She actually said, I think every woman should read that book too. Mm-hmm. She hasn't read it all, but I've read much of it to her. I've said that too. Yeah, there you, there you go. So <laughs> um, It's Good to Be a Man is a good one. What else would we recommend in, in that vein in terms of um, patriarchy? No Mere Mortals actually yep. does a really good job of that. Yep, and then even uh, The Household and the War for the Cosmos yeah. that, is that also is, uh, the idea of being a pious man and just kind of taking responsibility to represent your household to the world, I think, is... Uh, and, and the truth is, like, in terms of, like, complementarianism often refers to how patriarchy plays out in the church. But I think that just naturally follows when you first ask the question, what are men for and what role is God given to them? And the big idea of it's good to be a man is, is God made man for dominion, right? I've heard it said this way. I don't think it said it in the book. I think I heard Doug Wilson say this in another way where he says, man was made for the mission, women were made for the missionary, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a really good way of thinking through God's creation, uh, creational order. Okay, so then we talked about biblical cosmology, um, and so that one, I, I mean, non-tenants book, Spine of Scripture, we all l- read and loved. 
One of the books that he actually references quite a bit in there that you can tell was a big influence to non-tenant was um, Dr. Michael Heiser's The Unseen Realm. I think that was on all of our lists this past year that we all we all read it this year. Actually, I might have read mine the year before, but uh, I don't I have my list in front of me. Two stars. Yeah, so so Unseen Realm was, I, and I would say it's a helpful book, right? I would actually recommend people read it, but read it discerningly. Like, don't don't assume that because we're recommending it, we're recommending everything in the book. I think there are some things I disagree with him on. I disagree, obviously, with his view on Calvinism. It's not a book on Calvinism, but he inserts his uh, his disdain for it. And then I disagree with his. I would just say the emphasis he places on extra biblical texts, like the Book of Enoch. And then lastly, I actually disagree with him in terms of his biblical cosmology on what he believes um, the, the the demons of the New Testament are, and uh, he believes they're disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. I, I, I don't subscribe to that. He's getting that from the Book of Enoch, but but I would I do think that that's a good one for um, biblical cosmology. And then the other one I would say is Forgotten Heavens. It's a variety of authors, but it's edited or, or compiled by Doug Wilson. He writes one of the essays in it. I think it's six essays on biblical cosmology, and that's called The Forgotten Heavens uh, by Canon Press. If people haven't noticed, we, we do appreciate Doug Wilson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you just realize that as you yeah. go through. Like a bunch of like other books that I would recommend this year are, and this actually works with Patriarchy too, is Get the Girl by Doug Wilson. I'm actually, I'm not done that one. It wasn't one of the books I read last year. I'm actually listening to the audio right now. But it does help because Canon Plus is such a good deal. You can just listen to all of them. And that's, I don't have an Audible account anymore because I just listen to everything on Canon Plus. I was thinking about this too. Like one, he's a, prof- a prolific writer. Yeah. So like he's got books on almost everything. Because you were talking about post-millennial. I was thinking like, I'm missing a book. I'm having misplaced. So I was just mm, like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, like a book that I read last year that I was just like, that's punchy, great, awesome. But yeah. We, um, we don't get royalties from... Yeah, we don't. We're not making anything off any of this. But uh, I, actually, probably the best fiction that I read last year was Ride Sally Ride. Have you read that? No. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. That's that's another Doug Wilson. But. <laughs> so then Atonement is Not Enough was uh, the next two-part series in our paradigm shifts. And we really got that from the idea of enthronement and kingdom theology and everything. I think, I mean, the magnum opus there is the, uh, the mission of God, right? Yeah. Joe Boot. Some other books though you could read on it, like Bombadil kind of takes that idea of dominion. Yep. And we read a lot like Spinal Scripture does uh, as Spina well. Scripture yeah. I think is the one that actually said that, right? Yep. And then uh I know you guys both read something I'm gonna read this year, the uh Christian nationalism book and yeah. just like playing Stephen out Wolf. the like enthronement aspect into in the yep. culture is part so because I, I also read I think you read it this year already, Nate. Was the Torba and Esker book? What's the name of it? I can't think of the name. Oh. Christian nationalism. Yeah, I think Christian nationalism. Yeah. Biblical Guide for Taking Dominion and Discipling the Nations, which is a very long cover, for, a very long title for a very short book. I really like that because that's like a, a, you kind of said, it's just kind of a series of rants. And I'm yep. like, but that's like, that's me in a nutshell. Right? Like, so <laughs> Chris um, is just a, a, a number of rants. But that's play, right but, that, but that's playing out the enthronement part yeah. of it into, into our culture, right? Like, yep, for so, sure. So then in terms of the next kind of two-part series that finished off our series was actually just going back to the the Dominion piece and everything, I would actually recommend, because we're talking not just about books, but about resources. We, you've heard us say this before, but like go, go and listen to um, the King's Hall podcast. You listen to their first series on building a Christendom, taking Dominion, patriarchy, it's all there as well. So I would highly recommend the King's Hall podcast. 
I mean, we've talked a lot about Doug Wilson. So, I mean, if you're if you're listening to us, you ought to also be listening to Blog and Mayblog podcast. I mean, that's just Doug mm-hmm. Wilson's uh, blog in audio form, and you'll get a lot of this stuff. But the last uh, the, the, this episode's fed boy. Yeah, <laughs> so seriously, like, yeah, apparently. We are, we are. Um, uh, so then I would say the last two episodes were about liturgy and worship. I mean, you just said the fanboy comment, but I will say A Primer on Worship by Doug Wilson is actually a really good resource. Very short, very concise in terms of what worship is. I think he does a really good job there. In terms of like, for me, the book that I read that really helped me formulate the liturgy that we use at the church is actually a book by James B. Jordan called The Liturgy Trap. The tagline of the book is The Bible Versus Mere Tradition in Worship. And that was really, really helpful to me in terms of just uh, solidifying worship. And talking about James B. Jordan, who I love, he has another book called uh, Thorns and Thistles. And that kind of walks through a bunch of his liturgy and reflections on Genesis that worked their way into (laughs) communion liturgy for him. And then because we also talked about family integrated worship in that, in terms of how we do worship, I would recommend Family Faith by Vadi Bakum and Family Shepherds by Vadi Bakum, both really great books that will help, I think, solidify your thoughts. In terms of patriarchy, even like Family Shepherds is really about men leading and pastoring and shepherding in their homes. Both of those would lead you to understanding a biblical perspective on family integrated worship. Yeah, I listened to Family Shepherds and I had it on audio yep. book and I listened to it in a day because I was outside doing yard work. Every time somebody says family, like you say the word family shepherd, I just think of like raking leaves because I was like, I was <laughs> not I, a bad thing to come through. Cause I was outside all day. Cause it was yeah. like that. That's when I listened to it, like early April or whenever I yeah. did like my yard cleanup, I was out there the whole day, but I was like, I enjoyed the day because I was like, listening to that book is just a good idea of like, you can redeem your, like if you want to read more audiobooks do count and they do help. Um, yeah. But like you can do it while you're doing menial tasks. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Probably a third of the books that I got through were books that I listened to on Audible while mm-hmm. I was driving, yep. right? Yeah. Just redeem the time, right? So, I mean, you're about 40 minutes to the church, 45 minutes to the church. I'm about yep. 25 minutes to the church. Chris and I are about 25 minutes to the church. Not because we live together. We live close. So that's 50 minutes a day, you know, five days a week when you can be redeeming that time. Now, sometimes I end up having to have a, a you know, a phone call or, or whatever during that time. But the more you can redeem that sort of time, the better. Let's kind of finish off this episode by saying, let's say there's somebody who's listening and they haven't turned it off yet, but they're feeling very discouraged because they're not a reader (laughs) and we've been bragging about how many books we read and they're just sitting there going like, man, I don't even know where to start. So we've given you some areas where if you're a listener and you're like, oh, I want to know more about that particular topic that they talked about, we gave you those resources. But what would be books that you would say to people, read this because even if you're not a strong reader, right, we're not going to put, even though we all think it's one of the best books ever written, Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but we wouldn't say, you know, go read the mission of God first. And honestly, like, I think I am a good reader. I am good with language and Calvin's Institutes this year. Like there was a reason I read it throughout the course of the entirety of the year. Just in terms of reading disciplines, that's generally what I do. So a couple years ago, I went through the entire works of John Flavel. I went through Lex Rex in 2021. This year it was rereading the Institute. So I always have something tough slugging that I'm working through throughout the year. You can't just, you know, I'm not reading anything else until I finish the mission of God is a suicide mission just because it's heady and you're not going to read that right before bed, right? While you're falling asleep in bed. So in terms of, I think people should be reading tougher things, but read it slowly while you're reading other things. 
So let's talk now to that guy who doesn't think he's a good reader and he, he's just wanting to get into this. What are some books that you would recommend that would get him into reading that might, might be less daunting books, more accessible books, things that would just help him see the need to read more? What would be books that you would recommend to people who are just tr- starting to take their faith seriously or, or wanting to dig in and learn a little bit more about theology? So I would say know thyself find out what you're kind of into. So like how I got myself into reading is that I wanted like, oftentimes people would mention a guy's name like John Knox. Yep. I went and found a biography that was readable of John Knox. And so I read. You're reading one right now, aren't you? Star Wars. I just finished it. Courage. Yeah. yeah. So like start reading about like, rather than like a, like a theological topic, which is good. Don't get me wrong. But like I started reading about patriarchs lives. And so I started reading and like, their faith becomes contagious to our faith, right? Yep. Like, and so we start reading stories and then you flesh out a lot of their like little things. So I would say like, kind of figure out what you're into. If you're, if you're somebody who can sit down and read like a textbook, then start there. But if you're want something that's about, like, just teach me who this guy is, read that. You kind of have to think about it a little bit before you jump in. And then I would say you don't have to get into the Puritans right away. You know what I mean? Like you can work your way up to their language. Start with some of the books we've mentioned. If you're a young father, read Family Shepherds. And you know what? Encouragement. If you read two books or a book last year and you read three this year, you're 300% ahead of where you were. Baby steps, right? Like there's no clock on any of this stuff, right? Like just because Jordan reads like a madman doesn't mean you have to read as much as him. It's just, it's one of those things like just be better than you were, right? Like, and turn off Netflix. You know? <laughs> well, and I think, I think like setting tangible goals for yourself is is really good. I would say to somebody who is not a good reader, I would say, 10 books this year is really a good goal, right? That's basically a book a month knowing that you might get yourself a little bit behind. That's a really tangible, really easy goal for a lot of people to do. And and then just pick those books well, right? So a lot of the books that we mentioned, and Chris, Chris even said, like, one of the things when you write, when you read a lot, you start to appreciate concise authors. <laughs> so if somebody can say the same thing that a guy takes 300 pages to say, and he can say it in 150 pages, he's just a better author mm-hmm. because he can say the same thing more concisely. And so you don't have to be reading these volumes of, of books. And quite honestly, a lot of good Puritan books, like I'm thinking of like Bruised Reed, uh, Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment, All Things for Good, like some of those Puritan paperbacks, like 150 page books. The Puritan paperbacks are a little bit harder of a slug than than you know your, your modern John Piper or Matt Chandler book. But I think a really easy book to get into is if you're a male listener, it's good to be a man. That's a really accessible, really easy book that you will get into right away. They don't lay a lot lot of foundation. It's just, boom, here's what we're writing and here's why and here's what's important. I think that's a really important book for people to read. I think you said Family Shepherds is a really good one. My wife is not a disciplined reader. Like she wishes she read more, but she probably read 10 books last year. And one of the best books that she read was Building Her Home by Nancy Wilson. And she loved that book. So for her, she's not going to read something that's not practically going to help her every day. So she read that book because she wants to grow in her ability to be a wife and a mother and a homemaker. And so Building Her Home by Nancy Wilson was really, really good for her. And I would recommend that to anybody moms who are in a young kids that's a tough age right Mm -hmm. there's a great book by rachel yankovic called loving the little years which is um, i would say a really good one to read and probably my wife would say the paradigm shift book for her was diapers dishes and dominion i think the lady's name is leah smith 
and the idea is it just connects the idea of motherhood to helping your husband take dominion and she loved that book and so those would be a couple that i'd recommend to maybe some of our female listeners a thing that not book related but just resource related that my wife loves it's called bright hearth podcast mm. so it's brian sove from the king's hall which we all love yep it's a podcast he does with his wife lexi and they talk about homemaking, homesteading. I know a lot of women in our church are really into that. So they, they talk about just very practical, how do you order your home? How do you run your home? How do you do all these different things? Like even talking about guns, like protecting your home, finances, end of life care, having babies at home, all those things that are kind of lost on our current society. She loves it. She just devoured the entire thing. Nice. And so for women out there, you might be able to find that helpful. It's called Bright Hearth. Nice. There's so many books like that are accessible, right? Like I was just, as you were talking, I was like, if I could get every man in our church to read Bloodbot World, I tried. It didn't work. But Actually, it worked fairly well. We probably had 50 guys in our church who read that book at that time. That's, yeah, that's There's true. probably 80 people showed up at the, at the event for it, and only 50 of them had read it. But, but I, mean, I was shocked at some of the guys who did read it just because they would be self-described non-readers. There's a book that I would say, like, everybody should read that. Every man should probably read Family Shepherds. Yep. I would say... It's probably worthwhile if everybody in our church read C.R. Wiley's War for the Cosmos. Yep. And those are all like quick hitter books. There's a Basics of the Faith series. They're all like 30 page books. Yep. That like, if you're just like one thing that you're just like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything about discipleship. There's a 50 page book on discipleship that teaches you like what, what it is and based on scripture. I can't remember who the authors are all. Like, I think it's a series of authors to be honest. But Okay. So just so that we're kind of wrapping up here, let's do rapid fire here. Think of a topic and give people a book for it. For example, I would say Christian Hospitality, right? The Gospel Comes with House Keys by Rosaria Butterfield, yeah. right? A book on homosexuality, Is God Anti-Gay? What's that guy's name? Oh, man, this is the problem. Yeah, Sam Albury, yeah. thank you. Uh, is God Anti-Gay by Sam Albury? And, uh, There's a better one than that. There's the, what's the DeYoung one? Uh, yeah, the what does the Bible say good. about homosexuality? Yeah, yeah, is good. Kevin DeYoung, that's a good one as well. Yeah. Um, I just killed the one guy's book. and be like, that's, yeah. this is yeah. the better book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, a good book on transgenderism is Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. Christianity and Wokeness. It's a bit longer. It's like 230 yeah, it's pages. It's Owen Strachan, right? I, I think that's actually should be a, like for a lot of Must people. Read right now. Because it's applicable to what we're going through right now. I read that. Yep. I just finished that over the Christmas holidays. It's quite good too. So I'm not um, super well versed in books for women, but the one that my wife loves and has recommended to a lot of women is Lies Women Believe by Nancy Lee Moss. Yes. Nancy DeMoss. Yeah. And she has like Lies Women Believe in the Truth that Sets Them Free. Yes. And great book. That's a really helpful one. For women that like who are struggling with feminism and yeah, just just kind of reordering, reorienting the minds in terms of that. Another one. I like the book. I don't necessarily agree with everything this person believes, but Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry was actually quite a good book. Uh, My wife was really helped by that just because it's it's about the holiness of God. And like, if you're going to read something, read about the holiness of God. Um, I would say if you're struggling with believing in God's sovereignty, I think like the the, the book is God uh, Sovereignty of God by A.W. Pink is just the book that you got to read on that. And for people who are struggling with reading, that's free online. You can just listen to it free yep. online. Yep. Um, so you don't even need to buy the book. Yep, um, for you sure. should buy the book. I would say if you're struggling with contentment and, and depression, I would read The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Phenomenal, short, again, like 120-page uh, book. What else, Chris? Somebody's struggling with pornography. 
I don't think I've read any. Well, I would say it's good to be a man is a good one, right? Yeah. Like porn comes up in a lot of the men books, right? Because it's obviously something yep. that's more prone to be talked about, and that's in those circles. Is it every man's struggle. Mm-hmm. Every they, man's struggle yeah, is. That was yeah, I haven't read that. Yep. Yeah, that's that's helpful. That was. Actually, we just uh, there a couple of particular chapters. Actually, we just went through this uh, together, uh, pastoral team, because one of the most helpful books for those struggling with uh, with depression and anxiety would be Martin Lloyd Jones' Spiritual Depression. Uh, particularly, there's a couple of chapters in there. There's one topic called Feelings, which is uh, I think every I think every husband should read that chapter to their wives. It will very much help you uh, be a better husband, and uh, women it'll help with uh, with anxiety. Anything else? Just in terms of rapid fire, if you're struggling with this, go read this. I read another one on just encouragement for the depressed, particularly for people in ministry. I yep. think it's a very helpful book. Yep. It's short. It's again, it's another one of those like little short ones. I would say another a few books that are just like really, really good to to read. There's a, it's called The Indwelling Life of Christ by Major C. Thomas. Yep. It's almost like a devotional. You read one page kind of a day um, idea. Like you'll go through it faster than that, but very good book. Another really good book. I'm a big Tozer fan. So I know he's got like Pursuit of God. Knowledge of the Holy. Yeah, like, and they're all, again, short and, like, concise. I realize every book we're telling you to read is short, but, like, most people, if they yep. pick up a 500-page book, they don't finish the 500. Like, so to work your way up to that is a good is a good thing yep. to do. Uh, I would say Environmentalism. You should read A Different Shade of Green by Gordon Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want, like, a Christian perspective on how the Dominion mandate in, in, interacts with environmentalism, and I would actually just plug that as, I think, too many conservatives, because we reject the idea of, of climate alarmism, then fall into the category of not caring for the environment. And I actually think Christians ought to be the best at caring for our environment because we're called to take dominion of it and to care for it and to make it flourish. So A Different Shade of Green by Gordon Wilson is really, really good. A book on overall not being lazy and uh, not succumbing to procrastination would be Productivity by Doug Wilson, which I think is a a really good and really uh, kind of helpful book in that stuff. If you want a book on like, legalization of like cannabis and all that stuff uh mm-hmm. devoured by, i'm going to read read it again this year but devoured by weed or whatever it's called devoured by Doug by, wilson devoured by cannabis oh it's actually by yeah, devoured. Yeah. Guess, yeah, just, i just read that not long ago um, yeah. but like again help a cultural thing that's happening right now in our society that you could that you could read about theonomy if you want to read about the, there's a it's jared longshore by what or by this by, by what this standard, standard? got a black cover is what i remember that go book, look for the book with the black cover. <laughs> that book is great because yeah. it's again ex- kind of explains it um in ways that i can understand it so therefore you you guys can understand it <laughs> another one that i would recommend just in terms of if you are looking you know sometimes we get in trouble for saying things harshly or, or for saying things bluntly and i would say uh, a book that you should read if you struggle with tone policing people would be the serrated edge by doug wilson i think it's a really good uh really good uh, i think biblical defense for using satire and i guess sharpness rules for reformers is probably my favorite book and i can't believe mm. i didn't talk about it until right now um, you didn't read that this year though that was a couple years ago wasn't it no but i read it every second year so oh, okay. i'll read it again in 2024 yes i've planned that out chris's but spreadsheet to, game to be is in your point. brain yeah, yeah seriously it's a scary dark place but no i like that book's so good i love that book and i would also say like empires of dirt is another one Literally just read everything by Doug Wilson. Yeah, um, I mean, you're not going wrong you're not, if you yeah, do that. Yeah, you, you, so. you're not going wrong. I, w- I would say, too, I know this is a, a book that you read. I, was it the first time you ever read Notes from the tilt a Yeah. Yeah, so N.D. Wilson or Nate Wilson, yeah, which is Doug's that. son. Yeah. And I would say I've actually given that book to a lot of people. And here's the caveats that, that I would say. Like, if you're sort of an artsy person... <laughs> 
And, and like, you know, I don't consider myself super artsy. I'm a, I'm a literature nerd, but like, I think that sometimes those really artsy people have a tendency to struggle with angst and depression and that sort of thing, just not finding the joy in life. Like just that sort of drawn to the, I don't say drawn to the darkness, but you know what I mean? Like just that, that, that allure of, I don't know, that angst that comes with being kind of an artsy rebel. Notes from the Tilted World is like, an absolutely beautifully written piece of art. It's mm-hmm. it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's compelling, yep. it's apologetic, it makes you have a big view of God. Mm-hmm. It's just a good book for somebody who, like, if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you're like, generally I'm not a reader, I, I, I interact with God more through listening to music and being in nature, like just that kind of artsy person that we'd all kind of snicker, Go read notes from the Tilda World. I think it's I, I've I've yeah. had people who are like, oh, I'm not much of a reader. I don't can't read theology books. I put that in their hand, and they're like, where can I get more yeah. of this? And the problem is, you can't. Like, yeah. it's so unique. Yeah, we forgot to mention Tribulation Force um, <laughs> by Lahey and Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd catch on if I said Left Behind. I'm I mean, joking. Andy Wright does have his mm. not Andy Wright. Yeah, Andy yeah, Wilson. Andy yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Sorry, he does have his satire. Yeah. of that right behind right behind I get that yeah. to you for Christmas or your birthday or someone um, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember that was the, it was the secret Santa gift exchange yeah you're like um, I know who gave me this I yeah. alright well um, I think we've given people lots of book recommendations and I would just say honestly if you are looking for a book for let's say you're listening you have grown, grown kids or you have teenage kids who are struggling with particular issues and we didn't address some of those issues just respond if you saw this post online on our Facebook page or whatever reach out to us and in, in various social media platforms and just ask for particular books, we will recommend them. But it is definitely a passion of ours. I think the more Christians we have reading good books, like we are 2000 years removed from the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. And for 2000 years, the people of God have been writing good books that are worth reading about the word of God. And so, of course, be in the word of God. That's your primary thing. I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said, visit many good books, but live in the word of God. And we would absolutely subscribe to that. But in visiting many good books, we want everybody to be good readers because I think that's how you grow in your faith. Amen. Yep. This is the one podcast that I feel like I wish I would have been able to prepare for in advance because I would have brought spreadsheets and stuff. <laughs> we and don't like, need your spreadsheets, Chris. It would have but I have alienated all of our non-OCD I listeners. <laughs> I could have been like, Color on this topic, yeah. there we go. There's the books yeah. that I've read. And if you want to read, read any of Chris's Green Label books, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please press one. <laughs> all right. All right, we'll see you all next time. And I, I said y'all two weeks in a row. You pointed that out last time. So anyway, see you, everybody. Terrible. <laughs>